Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. They haven't won a World Series in a century or so. So what? They're here. Every April, they're here. But 105 or 705, there is a game. If it gets rained out, guess what? They make it up to you. Does anyone else in your life do that? It's time for Hit and Run. Don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascists. Throw some ground balls. It's more democratic. Cubs and White Sox conversation every Sunday morning till Cubs first pitch. Any bet against my Sox this series is a sucker bet. Of course, I'm not a gambling man. Hosted by Matt Spiegel. I want the absolute truth here. Are you 100%? Yeah, well, I'm about something like that. You better. You want to make this team. Connecting with you, the baseball fan. Fanatic. There's no crying in baseball. No crying. Hit and run on Sports Radio 670 The Score, 670thescore.com, and the Radio.com app. Hi, folks. Time to talk about this week in baseball in Chicago as I blatantly continue to steal the opening music from this week in baseball. That, uh, that staple of some of our youth. And then at the end of the show, if you're not hip, I blatantly steal the closing music from This Week in Baseball. We're going on, I don't know, week 15 without getting sued. So a round of applause for everybody on that one. Thank you. No, no, really. Thank you to Holton Cooper in uh, promotions and Rich Wyatt and Alex are here in engineering and some of our friends from the Brick House Tavern right here next to Wrigley Field, your ultimate destination to go before, during, or after a Cubs game, visit BrickHouseTavernCHI.com. That's who's here and me. And then I'm betting that between now and when I'm done at 1235 and Zach Zaidman takes over with Cubs pregame right here at Brickhouse Tavern, perhaps you will join us. So if you're coming to Wrigley today, or you know what? Even if you're not coming to Wrigley today, but you live in the hood, come over and say hello. Shake a hand, have a drink, uh, have some food, and get involved in the baseball conversation. Hit and run is baseball every Sunday morning right here on The Score, at least until the Bears get going. I'm hoping that we have a battle, that there is a programming battle in September and October. Do we cover the charging Chicago Cubs as they head towards the playoffs? Do we cover... The World Series-bound Chicago Cubs we head towards the playoffs or the 5-0 and Chicago Bears on a Sunday morning. I suspect that the Bears are going to win that battle, but that's okay. I'm only basing that on my entire history here at the score. But you know what? These Cubs, man, they play at home. They're a good, good team. They are the second-best home team in all of baseball, behind only the Los Angeles Dodgers, who won again last night. I believe the Dodgers are 42 and 14 at home. And then the Cubs are right behind them in terms of a win-loss percentage at home. 
By the way, how about those Dodgers with a 15-strikeout complete game from Walker Bueller? That's pretty good. Other stuff to talk about around baseball, and we will get to it, that's for sure. But this morning, for the most part, we will stick with Cubs Brewers. The Cubs go for the sweep, and we'll certainly do some White Sox as well. As the White Sox uh, get uh, have a loss in Philly, Ross Detweiler is credited for saving the bullpen a bit. Uh, a bit. Oh, excuse me. What? Oh, my God, what the hell is that? Uh, that was odd. Five and two thirds innings. I don't think that of Ross Detweiler, by the way. That is in no way a character um, <laughs> assumption about Ross Detweiler. What it is, though, is a drop. That's a drop for somebody. Five and two thirds innings, seventy-eight pitches for Ross Detweiler, and uh, but the White Sox make a pretty cool hire this week that I want to talk to you about at some point. Guests on the show in person. Sahad of Sharma from the Athletic wrote a really, really interesting deep dive piece into how the Cubs fare against the current pitcher, the current pitches du jour around baseball. And if you were listening last week when I had Matt Trueblood from Baseball Prospectus on the show, we talked about it quite a bit. And um, Sahadev had been planning to talk to um, Theo Epstein and Tommy Hadovy about this kind of stuff, and then he ended up doing it. So I want to sort of continue the conversation that we had last week, this week on Hit and Run. I'll play you some of the stuff that me and Matt Trueblood talked about before we talked to Sahadev in the 10 o'clock hour. Jim Deshay is the color man from the TV broadcast, will come by and sit down with me around 11 o'clock or so. Looking forward to that. And then Dan Evans. Dan Evans is the former front office man for the Chicago White Sox and these days teaches courses in analytics, in baseball analytics. And who does he teach? He teaches all sorts of people, former players who want to become managers or front office people. They've coached. He, he has given classes uh, to these former players as they transition to coaching and managing roles. Some have been all-stars, Cy Young Award winners, and the latest one I read about, White Sox fans, was Osni Gian, Ozzy's son, Osni, who was a manager in uh, the Houston Astros system. Freaking Astros. Every time I bring them up, I'm just going to have to stop myself and say, freaking Astros, because they're ridiculous. So we'll talk to Danny Evans about those classes. I'm interested in like what those guys want to learn, what they need to learn. Different roles need to know different stuff and different levels of analytics. You better be numbers friendly if you want to be a manager these days, obviously, uh, as the old schoolers are being phased out almost entirely. Um, so so you, better, you better pay attention to that stuff. So I'll be interested to talk about that along the way. Your phone calls are not merely welcome, but elemental to the very completion of the broadcast. 312-644-6767 is the phone number for you to dial it up and get involved on Hit and Run. You can text me at 67011. You can tweet at me at Matt Spiegel 670 I mentioned those Astros. Aaron Sanchez hasn't had a win since April. And then yesterday, I said it like twice yesterday morning, that he just had the stink of one of those mildly broken pitchers who goes to Houston and gets completely and utterly fixed. And I, don't, I didn't think it would happen this fast, but he throws seven no-hit innings. Was it six no-hit innings? Whatever it was, I think it was six. Part of a, a combined no-hitter in Houston. And he gets his first, first win since April. He had lost in 17 straight starts. 
He had 13 losses, so he did not have a win in 17 straight starts with an ERA of almost eight. And then he goes there, and they're like, okay, Brent Strom and the pitching uh, brain trust, let's see. Okay, you're really good at that curveball. We really like that curveball. We scattered it. It's awfully good. Remember when you led the American League in ERA in 2016? All right, let's throw more of the curveball. You know what he did last night? He threw 30% curveballs. It's the highest percentage ever in a start in his career. Highest ever. I, I mean, sometimes it's not rocket surgery what the Astros do. I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, was he also given use of something very sticky that increased his spin rate? I don't know. I'm not Trevor Bauer out here accusing people. But I do know that they fix guys all the time. All the time. 670-11 is how you text. No, it wasn't a long night. It wasn't a long night, as I said, bitch instead of bit. Okay? It wasn't. But, um, but thank you for your concern. All right, so here's the deal. Cole Hamels was terrific. Absolutely terrific. The entire rotation. Over the last five starts for the Cubs, no walks. That's the fourth time in the last 114 years for this franchise that they have not had a walk in five straight starts. Okay? And the rotation overall, within the National League, the starting rotation is fourth in ERA, Fourth in strikeout to walk ratio, seventh in whip, fourth in innings pitched. So it's not quite at the very, very top, but it's right there, darn close. And a healthy, strong rotation is going to mean a lot. It has meant a lot, and it is going to continue to mean a lot in this National League. Looking at the schedule, they have two off days in August. They have two off days in September. That's it. We're headed into the final 52 games of the year. Cubs at 59 and 51. I can do math. So 52 games left. And the rotation is going to have to consistently give you at least five. Hopefully at least six. Every once in a while, seven. Rest this bullpen. Do not... Uh, do not force yourself to go deeper and deeper and deeper into a bullpen or throw guys over and over and over again. Starting the 5th of September, the Cubs will finish with 24 games in 25 days. 20 of those are against the division. So I don't expect them to have pulled away so much that those last 24 games are cakewalk city. No. 24 games. They've got four of them at San Diego against the Padres. Otherwise, the other 20 are against the division. Milwaukee, the Cardinals, Pittsburgh. Seven of the last 10 games are against the Cardinals. Two series with a pirate series in between. When all that Clint Hurdle and Ray Searage and those <clears throat> pirates might be doing is throwing at guys' torsos or higher. But no matter what, this rotation is going to have to be strong. And right now it is set up in a very good, encouraging way. Hamels looked like himself. Looked every bit like the guy he was in June. Do you remember how good he was in June? Six starts, 37 innings pitched, a 1.22 ERA in June. 37 to 9 was the strikeout to walk ratio in those 37 innings for Cole Hamels. He had been absolutely rolling. Looked great yesterday. The changeup devastating as it needs to be when he's at his best. Fastball around 91, 92, that's fine because how good the changeup is. Mixed in some curveballs there, incredibly encouraging. They wanted him to go 75 pitches, he stopped at 74. 
because that's how many he'd thrown, and that is that, and that's fine. And then the bullpen does its job. The state of the bullpen is something that uh, we need to look at, that we will look at frequently. And right now, I'm encouraged because of Rowan Wick. Because Rowan Wick is a dude who now is being trusted. This is how he was used after Jose Quintana's start the other day by Joe Madden, came in first and third with nobody out. Rowan Wick is the middle closer that Joe has referred to in the past. And it's not a ninth inning guy, it's not an eighth inning guy, but he's the first guy out of the pen to get out of a dirty inning. So you got some guys on, your starter's done, you need somebody to come in and get a strikeout, a ground ball, get out of the inning. Right now, that's Rowan Wick. I love it. Go for it. Dude is confident. He is comfortable. He has been composed on defense, which is always a good sign to show that he's kind of mentally there. And he's been very, very good. He is a high-leverage guy. That might mean late as we get further on, closer to the playoffs and maybe into the playoffs. But right now, it's middle closer. So he's fifth, sixth, seventh. The first guy you need to get out of an inning, especially if it's dirty. But even if it's clean, he might be the guy. So Rowan Wick is a find. Kyle Ryan has been really, really good. And I didn't think I'd feel good about trusting Kyle Ryan as the number one left-hander out of that bullpen. But here we are. Derek Holland ain't nothing but a loogie. Kyle Ryan is your guy expected to get multiple people, expected to go late innings. And he's been really good. He is a ground ball machine. Got one yesterday against Ryan Braun. After giving up a leadoff hit, or maybe it was a walk. Either way, he got a double, a double play off the bat of Braun. And then if Steve Ciszek gets enough rest, he's really good. Three days rest going into yesterday. And how did he look? Aggressive as heck. Going right at people. Really good command. That slider, not flat like it was and like it is when he's tired. So that's good. Let these roles persist when Pedro Strope comes back. Your setup guys are Ciszek and Kinsler and Kyle Ryan. Your middle closer guy is Rowan Wick and Kimbrell to finish. When and if Pedro Strope comes back, make sure he looks fixed in a bullpen session. And if you want a low leverage game appearance before you put him in a big spot. Don't just put him back in because he's Pedro Strope and you know he's a warrior and you trust him. Now, if you were listening last week, I played some tape from Tommy Hadovy, who had been on the station, telling everybody exactly what was wrong with Strope. Mechanically, in terms of release point, why the velocity was going, and then Strope told you himself he was trying to get more velocity by using his upper body, and that led to some problems. They know what the problems are, so watch him and dissect him and do not use him again in a big moment until you think the problems are fixed. Terrific career, but you know what this is? It's big boy season. That's what Joe told you. Then Theo echoed it. I love how much Theo Epstein called it big boy season on Friday morning when he's on with uh, Mike Mulligan and David Haw echoing Joe. And look what we've gotten. Look, look at the reaction to issues and, and, and problems and, uh, and opportunities here in big boy season. Ian Happ, you are a pinch hitter and perhaps a defensive replacement in outfield if Schwarber's been out there and you want to replace him or if you want to sit Castellanos down. I mean, really, you might be a pinch runner, Ian Happ, but that's your gig. Albert Almora is going to play center field in the eighth and ninth inning of most wins when you're, 
when you have the lead. And every once in a while, he'll play against uh, a lefty, which he did yesterday and hit very, very well. Good for him. Jason Hayward, you are the leadoff hitter. Regardless of what it has done to you in the past, how has it maybe has affected you in the past, we've had conversation. Deal with it. You're a strong man. You're going to hit leadoff. You're the best choice. And he's looked good there. Brad Brock, it's been fun. We found this guy, David Phelps. He can throw a little bit. We're good with that. Um, and he, yesterday, Phelps gave up a run, but it was on some real soft contact. Um, not super concerning to see Phelps do that yesterday, in my opinion, anyway. But Brad Brock, thank you for your services. Time to move on. Big boy season. All right? Addison Russell stayed down on the farm. Daniel Descalso, um, that injury, oh, it just got worse. So sorry about that. Sorry you tripped over that, that box in the clubhouse. Ben Zobrist, do what you can. Work out. Try to get comfortable. Two for three for Zobrist last night at South Bend, by the way. Hitting the ball. Bring him up. No, 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 no. Take your time, Ben. Take your time. We'll see where things stand on the 31st of August and probably not before. Is, is, are there 31 days in August? Let's see. July, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yeah, okay. I still do that thing with the knuckles on the top of the hand. That's how I do the months, just to be sure. But big boy season, this is what it means. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's good to watch. Now, here's the problem. <clears throat> here's the problem as you wake up today. We knew that with this one trade deadline, some team was going to get screwed. Some team was going to get screwed by the unforeseen injury that messes up a key man on your roster. And, oh, boy, the deadline is passed and I can't go out and get somebody. We knew somebody was going to get screwed. We just didn't think it would be the Cubs, did we? It is the Cubs. With Wilson Contreras out, and we don't know how long. It'll be an MRI tomorrow. The Cubs need a solution at second catcher. And Taylor Davis is first, but what else is there? What are the other options? How do you go about getting players in this brand new kind of August in MLB. I've looked it up. There's a bunch of different ways. I'll explain it to you, and we'll talk about a couple specific options that are out there, as you may need to replace Wilson Contreras. I hope not for too long, but, man, that looked like he got shot in that hamstring. That, that's, that's what that looked like, and it's a terrifying thing. I hope it's not torn. If it's torn, his season could be toast. If it's just badly pulled or pulled, as the coach used to say, then, I, I don't know, month, six weeks? I, I mean, you, you could be looking at a situation. Maybe it'll be less than that. I, I just, I, it just did not look good. It does not feel good. It could be a situation where you're just kind of hoping that Contreras can get himself ready for the middle of September and the playoffs. And until then, you are piecemealing it together without one of your best and most important guys. And we'll talk about that and we'll talk with you at 312-644-6767. 6711 is the text. Anything you want regarding Cubs and the Brewers as they go for the sweep today, Contreras and the injury, uh, the realities of big boy season here as you head towards the stretch run. And White Sox fans, you can, of course, hop in as well uh, at 312-644-6767. We're going to talk about Nick Castellanos and what he means I'm going to give you my theory that Jed Hoyer is a hippie. I'm going to give you that somewhere along the way. Sahad of Sharma next hour, Jim Deshays in the 11 o'clock hour, and Danny Evans after that. It's you. It's me. It's baseball. We are live at Brick House. Thanks to our friends at Xfinity. Keep it right here on 670 The Score.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Contreras' objective is to get on base. He hits one in the gap. Left center field. Long run. Kane in the alley. Kane makes a running backhand catch with a long reach on the dead run. And Contreras pulls up lame at first. Unable to put any weight on that right leg. He's limping. And the trainer, P.J. Mainville, will take a look at him. And Joe Madden walking out. Contreras limping. Not as bad as he was a minute ago, but he's still in some pain as he walks head down across the area between the mound and the plate. He's frustrated. He's hurt. Yeah, he's either, you know, he's cramping. Either he's cramping, pulled a hammy or a calf or something. But he's definitely hurting. He was hopping on one leg as he was getting to first base. So... That is not good. He'll be done for the day for sure. And it doesn't look good for Wilson Contreras. Uh, nothing yet. Um, he's going to get tested. Uh, was it Monday? Monday MRI. Monday MRI. So I don't know. I really don't know at this point. Um, we'll find out the severity at that point or the lack of it. Um, Victor was going to catch tomorrow anyhow. Uh, uh, Darvish is pitching. So we'll just, we'll just wait and see how it plays out. Unfortunate. How very unfortunate to see Wilson Contreras go down like that. I'll tell you what concerned me more than anything. Call me crazy, but it's the scream. It's the, it's like, you know, the Marlon Brando in the middle of the street scream. It's the Charlton Heston on the beach at the end when he sees the Statue of Liberty scream. It's, oh, it's not good. It's the, what did I just do to my hamstring scream? And you hope it's minor. There'll be an MRI tomorrow. That's what Joe Madden just told you. But I, it's hard to imagine that it's not at least a few weeks for Wilson Contreras. So what does this mean? It means Victor Caratini, who catches you, Darvish, anyway, goes today. Interesting, by the way, that Darvish has settled in with Caratini. No, nobody has a big deal about it because Caratini's bat has been pretty good. But um, Darvish likes throwing to Caratini. So he'll do that today. And I assume that Taylor Davis will be here as Contreras goes to the injured list. And Taylor Davis is a, is a very solid defensive catcher. He can't hit worth a lick. Um, he did have the grand slam during his, uh, his, his, his major league cups of coffee uh, this year at a couple different times. He's an entertaining human. He's the dude who stared into the camera as it slowly zoomed in on him time and time again at AAA last year in Iowa. He's, uh, I think he's in the midst of a two-for-29 slump at AAA, but whatever. You need a very solid defensive catcher to back up Caratini, and that's not Kyle Schwarber. I, I, you know, Kyle Schwarber's nice to have around as an emergency third catcher. That's what he is, pure, pure emergency. But Taylor Davis will be here, or do you want to go out and get somebody else? I was reading on MLB Trade Rumors the many different ways, the myriad ways, frankly, that you can still acquire a player here in August. Because usually we're 
talking about the weird-ass August waiver trade rules that have to get reset every 72 hours. Like you put a guy on waivers and the period begins for 72 hours and then if he doesn't get claimed, you can pull him back um, or anybody can grab him for the full salary. Anyway, you can still do that. Here's the new reality. You can't trade players who have been designated for assignment, but they can be placed on outright waivers. And then you as a ball club, can just grab them. So yes, Jonathan Lucroy, who has been designated for assignment by the Angels after they picked up a better defensive catcher, Max Stassi from the Astros. Lucroy, you could just grab him and assume the entirety of his contract, which uh, only goes out this year, but it's like a million, a million and a half. And I don't think they can do that, folks. I don't believe that they can do that. You might be saying to yourself, that money's nothing. Well, Tom Ricketts just stepped up, as they told you, and at the final moments, okayed a $2.5 million expenditure for Nick Castellanos after the Tigers sent five hundred grand in cash concessions. So anyway, you could just grab Jonathan Lucroy. I don't believe that's going to happen. He's also not the kind of defensive catcher you want. You know who you'd like to have? I got a guy. His name is Martin Maldonado. Oh, that's unfortunate. You just dealt him away. Timing sucks. But there's a couple other free agents out there. Nick Hundley was designated for assignment by the A's about 10 days ago. Bobby Wilson, uh, another guy who was a Tiger until they brought up their prospect, a catcher named Rogers, um, about a week ago. Those are two guys. Those are free agents. Those are couch free agents as catchers. So put those in the back of your head just in case they want to grab one. Nick Hundley, Bobby Wilson. And maybe if those guys will accept a minor league deal, maybe they'll send him to Iowa just so they've got somebody in their back pocket. I wouldn't be surprised if a move like that is made. You can also trade for somebody on a minor league deal. If there are veterans who are on minor league deals and are in the minors right now, you can trade for them. So if you want to go look around like your AAA depth charts, because, I mean, that sounds like fun on a Sunday, doesn't it? What are you doing? Oh, me? I'm just looking through AAA depth charts for catchers' names that I recognize. You could go look through those, and if you find one, you can deal one of your guys from AAA for one of their guys from AAA and bring them up. And as long as they're here before the 31st of August, you, or by September 1st, right, I think you, you, you can get them on the playoff roster. So you can do that, or you can deal for somebody's prospect catcher and give them a shot or have them, you know, those kind of stuff. Or if you really want to, you could go look at the Long Island Ducks or the Sugarland Skeeters, the Milwaukee Milkmen of the Independent League. Do the Chicago Dogs, our beloved Chicago Dogs, do they have a catcher of consequence? I don't know who the catcher is on the Dogs roster. I know that Keon uh, Barnum is there. I know that Carlos Zambrano is there and Butch Hobson's the manager. I know I had a great time. I know that catch-up is the evil villain mascot of the Chicago Dogs, but he's more popular than Squeeze, the official mustard mascot, because that's the way Chicago rolls. A lot of people like ketchup, but they're embarrassed to admit it. It's okay. Be who you are, for God's sake. But that's not why you called. So anyway, um, it'll be Taylor Davis short-term, and then keep your eyes out for possibly Bobby Wilson, Nick Hundley, Somebody like that. Anything else? Anything else has a possible solution? I think Rene Rivera says a texture. There's another one out there. There's another one. So that's a good question. What's Evan Gaddis doing? I love Evan Gaddis. He's an absolute lumberjack with a bat. I don't believe he's good enough as a defensive catcher to really consider. 
Um, this from Jim in Lockport. Uh, Speaks, I think Wellington Castillo would be perfect for the Cubs. Oh, no, he's yours, Jim. You hold on to him, Jim. <laughs> I mean, Sebi Zavala's here because uh, Castillo is inactive for a little bit here. Man. 670, the score is where you are. They've got to come up with a solution for Contreras, and it's a bummer. It is a big-time bummer to have to be there right now. But, I mean, of course it happens. It happens, ironically, a day after I was standing there um, looking at the roster yesterday. And I said it during a break and then said it on the air to, um, to Bruce Levine on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday. I'm like, you know, this roster makes all the sense in the world now, right? Look at it. Here in big boy time. I mean, Albert Amora is what he's supposed to be now. An occasional spot starter and a defensive replacement in the outfield. Ian Happ is a depth piece. Great. Okay, that's what it's supposed to be. Right? And everything, everything seemed to make sense to me. David Bode is an occasional starter if the matchup is correct. That's what they are. And Happ and Caratini as switch hitters off the bench. Nice. Tony Kemp is here to be a contact guy, a utility guy, play all over the place and be a pinch runner. Oh, my God, look at this. The roster makes sense. Tyler Chatwood is your sixth starter in a pinch if need be. Maybe your long guy. You know, if you get in the extra innings, you can throw Chatwood out there and just tell him to go. He can go. He can do the Eddie Butler thing and go four, five, six innings if you need it sometime. The roster makes sense. And now here, down goes Contreras. Down goes Wilson. And that's unfortunate. I'll say this. A big part of what has made the the roster and the lineup make sense to me is the new guy. I have not spent a lot of time in my baseball life this past decade watching Nick Castellanos. I haven't. Seen him a little bit. Certainly looked at the numbers. Seen him on my quick pitch highlights. I watch the Tigers if they're playing the White Sox, notice him a little bit. But there's nothing like that, that feeling after now three games of getting to watch a guy you didn't really know a lot about. And then you watch him go about his business in every way. I'm looking forward to being in that locker room tomorrow. I'm doing pregame and postgame for the score and the Cubs radio network, the Xfinity Cubs radio network, as a matter of fact, doing that tomorrow and Tuesday, which means I get to be in the locker room and hang around with those guys. And, uh, I'll talk with Castellanos a bit because I'm very impressed with the way he goes about his business. And I would assume that the same can be said for his, his demeanor and his, and his actions within the clubhouse. But on the field, that's just a pro, isn't it? That is a solid, very controlled, very composed pro. Every at-bat seems to make sense. Even when he swings at one of those, you know, those outside corner sliders that he's got no shot at or whatever against a righty, even when he swings at one of those... You can tell it doesn't really get to him. He's very good at, at becoming composed again and being ready for the next pitch, the next situation. Really good professional at bats. And let's listen to Nick Castellanos from yesterday. This is pregame. Maybe you haven't even heard the man's voice much. This is Castellanos in pregame yesterday um, talking about how he en- enjoys so far being a Cub. Well, I mean, so far, just the overall experience from walking into the clubhouse, uh, the way that we're treated, the way the fans love us is incredible. So, you know, it's been a lot. It's only been this is my third day, but I'm enjoying it. Well, that just means I'm a good actor because I'm not. <laughs> but I just, every day is opening day, you know, and uh, that's the way I go about it. 
you know, just be the best version of yourself every day. And even on days when that's hard, fake it. <laughs> that's Castellanos in, uh, in response to a question about, hey, you look like you have that same energy uh, every day, like it's opening day. Uh, and he says that when in doubt, fake it. I love that. I mentioned this yesterday to Ian Happ, and I got a big old pause. There was no real back and forth about this when Happ was on Inside the Clubhouse. But it reminds me of um, Steve Martin and Jerry Seinfeld riding around in comedians and cars drinking coffee. And Seinfeld is talking to, to Steve Martin about when he was a stand-up comic in arenas, 1974, 5, 6, whatever. Steve Martin alone on a stage in front of like 22,000 people, you know, with a fake arrow through his head, and he's doing King Tut. And Seinfeld is like, what? How were you that confident to do that? And Martin's like, I wasn't, but I, I just knew how to fake it. I realized that phony confidence and real confidence are the same thing. They are the same thing. They trigger the brain in the same way. I love that from a brilliant guy like Steve Martin. Just, you know, get yourself in the headspace and then the, the quality of your work, at least your composure, will follow. So there's Castellanos, kindred spirit with Steve Martin, whether he knew it or not. And then as you watch the at-bats, so good. Some opposite way, some pulling. Yesterday, the first chance to see him against the lefty, Gio Gonzalez. And here's Castellanos in the bottom of the third of that game yesterday. Castellanos, line drive, base hits it right down the line. He might try for a pair. Chasing it is Yelich. Castellanos going for two. The throw to second base. And the throw is going to be not in time. Excellent base running by Castellanos. Great base running, great aggressive base running, and a real, real good bat. And just everything that he does is so, so sensible and looks like a complete and utter pro. Joe Madden, after the game, was asked about Castellanos and was asked um, about what he's bringing because we've, we've heard about this for a long time. Now, you go out and you get a guy and it brings an energy, right? Sometimes it brings energy to the core that you have because it's like, wow, that front office really does believe in us. They want to add. They want to make guys 21 through 25 as good as possible because they believe in 1 through 20. That's us. All right, well, let's go out and get it done. They did their job. Now let's do ours. So that can happen, of course. But also the player himself, you might look over and say, damn, look at that dude. Look how, why is Castellanos going so hard? What is that about? Here's Joe Madden yesterday postgame being asked about Nick Castellanos. Is reminding us what hunger looks like. You know, that's this guy really, um, he's happy to be here, obviously, to, to play in this, in this ballpark, and, and he's, he wants to get uh, to the postseason badly, and I, I love what he's doing. He's, I've talked about it every day, conversationally, his work, everything about him indicates, let's go. I, I want to play in October, and I love it. Love that. Reminding us what hunger looks like. I mean, you're asking guys who have been to the mountaintop, some of them, and guys who've been to the playoffs year after year. Jason Hayward's been to the playoffs seven out of his nine seasons, I believe. Amazing. But anyway, you're asking guys who've been there before to want it just as much as somebody, as, to want it just as much as the Brewers do, who haven't gotten over the hump yet, even though they went last year. To want it just as much as, as anybody. So when you bring in a dude who is the walking, breathing, playing definition of that hunger in Nick Castellanos, it is good to see, and it looks different, doesn't it? Yes, Matt, it does. 67011 is how you can text us. Uh, it's Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. And uh, the bottom of the hour is, uh, is brought to you as it, as it usually is. 
Well, you know, I'll try to tell you. I can't. I'll tell you when I come back. I promise. I'll tell you all about it when I come back on 670 The Score. Also, when we come back, it's brought to you by the Chicago Wolves, but I'll give you the details. You'll you'll really enjoy the details when I come back. Um, Also, when we come back, I'll play a little bit for you about a conversation I want to continue with Sahad of Sharma next hour, which is how the Cubs are doing against the dominant pitches around baseball these days. There is, There are trends that have gone on, right? There are trends that have gone on now um, over the last few years that are different than the way baseball has been played, uh, different than the way it has gone since 2015. And how are the Cubs adjusting to it? We'll talk about that next. It is Hit and Run. We are live right here at Brickhouse. Budweiser Brickhouse Tavern will be hosting a bus trip to Miller Park to watch the Cubs take on the Brewers September 7th. For more info, visit BrickhouseTavernCHI.com. Come over and hang out at Brickhouse with me, Matt Spiegel, and Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. Welcome back in and on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. By the way, the producer of this album that you're listening to right now, Nirvana's In Utero, uh, Steve Albini, is, um, is going to come, uh, come in to the studio in a couple weeks and be my guest co-host on Hit and Run. Huge baseball fan. When he's not reviewing um, boutique root beers on Twitter, he's talking baseball on Twitter. And uh, a good dude, um, even though... Some think he's crusty, but he is a good dude and a huge baseball guy. And we'll talk baseball and some music in two weeks on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. Do you remember the bottom of the hour? I do. It was brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Your Western Conference champion, Chicago Wolves, will open the season on Saturday, October 5th. For group and season tickets, visit chicagowolves.com. And it was brought to you by Gerber Collision and Glass. When do you get it to Gerber? When you back in to someone who is backing out. That's when you get it to Gerber. Locations throughout Chicagoland. Visit gerbercollision.com or call 877-7-GERBER to find your nearest Gerber location. We were talking about Nick Castellanos, and we played you him from pregame yesterday, a little highlight. You heard from Joe Madden in the postgame, and uh, some texts came in. Can we put that Castellanos mindset into some of these guys on the road? I love his effort. Well, that's the hope, is that you put him there in that lineup every day towards the top, and guys see it, feel it. He's a really good pickup. And now that they've settled in on Jason Hayward at the leadoff and Castellanos in the two-hole, just leave those guys there. You found two guys who fit very nicely right there. And then Bryant, Rizzo, Bias, Contreras, although now it's not going to be Contreras. So who's going to hit six for you? Maybe it's Caratini. Maybe it's Schwarber if he's in the game. Maybe it's Bodie if he's in the game. I mean, you got options. But... Don't panic at the loss of Contreras and change things up at the top, especially, Joe Madden, because Jason Hayward asked you explicitly the other day and told us two days ago that he asked you for patience. You You want me to hit lead off? I will. I understand. We need it. It's the best thing for the team. Just be patient with me. Those were Jason's words. Really cool, in my opinion. He doesn't want to look over his shoulder and think, man, I had a bad at bat. Man, I had a bad game. Is he going to pull me now? Am I getting out of here? You don't want to think about that. No, this is my job? Okay, got it. This is my job. I'll do it. And it is a, a complicated and unique job. 
Hayward went in, in depth on that a couple days ago. Maybe I'll bring you some of that sound a little bit later. But here is the aforementioned Nick Castellanos, who has been a breath of fresh air and a jolt of energy into this team through only three games. Here's Castellanos uh, in the postgame on the Xfinity Cubs radio network with our David Schuster. I'm wondering if you could talk about the guy who started alongside you in center field today. You've known him for a long, long time. He's your current teammate, Albert O'Mora. You played with him and you played against him when you were growing up. I'm wondering what kind of kick it is for you to be playing with him again at this stage and fun to uh, see his success today. I mean, I guess it's kind of surreal, you know, like uh, I guess as, as competitive athletes, when it's go, 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 you don't really get to take time to like appreciate little things like that. But I mean, it's pretty cool, man. I remember him. You know, nine years old, playing in a Bulldogs travel baseball uniform and, like, still running stuff in the outfield, catching it down by his hip. So, you know, it's a lot of fun. As you well know, it takes 25 guys to win anything. And, you know, you guys showed a lot of guys who came through today. Everybody in the bullpen, certainly your starting pitcher, yourself as well. You know, it it just takes a full squad to win, doesn't it? Well, yeah. You know, like you said, it takes all 25. It also takes the coaching staff making decisions as well. And, uh, you know, so far so good, and uh, we got another one tomorrow. So far so good. I'm sure this is still a whirlwind for you, but how much fun are you having? 41,000 each of the last two days, a couple of victories. How much fun are you having here at Wrigley? A ton. You know, I I can't wait to get to the clubhouse in the morning, and, you know, I don't want to leave after the game's over. Uh, It's an awesome experience being a Cub, man. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's Nick Castellanos. Can't wait to get to the clubhouse in the morning. Doesn't want to leave at the end of the day. You ever feel that way about work? It, it, you're, you're better at your job when you feel that way. I, I am fully convinced of such things. But then again, I'm a hippie. Little did I know that Jed Hoyer is a closet hippie. He is. And I'll play you some of the sound to prove it a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we're going to talk to Sahad of Sharma from The Athletic uh, coming up next hour about a deep dive that, that he did that ties in directly to a conversation that I had last week on this show with Matthew Trueblood from Baseball Perspectives. Did you hear it? If you didn't, I want to bring you a couple short cuts from it right now because here's the deal. Looking around the game, right, there is uh, a very obvious trend. And we saw it in the way that the Cubs have been attacked over the last couple of years and continue to be attacked. High fastballs and then breaking balls coming out of that same tunnel. It's the curve, but guess what? It is also the slider. And lately it has been even more the slider than it is the curve. But anyway, those are far and away the most common pitches thrown. The high four-seam fastball. And then the slider. Those are the two most common pitches thrown these days in baseball. And a lot of organizations have kind of rejiggered their pitching infrastructure around getting guys and teaching guys to throw throw those two the best and increasing spin rates whenever you can. You increase spin rates on the four-seam fastball, you get more carry. I've talked about carry before. That appears to be the absence of drop. So it's that optical illusion that looks like a rising fastball. That's not what's happening, but that's what it looks like. Incredibly difficult. That and the slider. You get more spin rate on the slider. You get more spin rate on your breaking stuff, and it breaks more, especially vertically, from 12 to 6, like a curveball. Or even sliders now drop from 12 to 6. There's a lot more vertical drop on sliders these days. Anyway, here's Matt Trueblood from last week on Hit and Run, talking about those two pitches, the fastball four-seamer, and the slider. Going by four-seamers at the top of the zone, the Cubs are 
18th in expected weighted on base percentage for, from their hitters against that pitch. Okay, so the Cubs hitters are 18th out of 30 teams in terms of their success rate against the four-seam fastball, which is one of the two pitches that is dominating the game. And they're 18th against sliders. Huh. And that's bad enough news. I mean, this is a problem we've known about since they were wiped out in the 2017 NLCS by the Dodgers throwing high fastballs, and they mixed some curves in, but basically high fastball, high fastball, high fastball, breaking ball. Mm -hmm. The Cubs have been struggling with that for two years, but they haven't made an adjustment. They're still a below-average team against those two pitches. So that's interesting. So those two pitches, those two pitches are dominating the landscape around baseball. It is how you attack launch angle hitters for the most part, or a big part of how you attack them. And the Cubs are struggling and continue to struggle against those two pitches. How about throwing it? How much do the Cubs pitchers throw it? Now, you don't have to do things this way. You know, the the Cubs brain trust is smart. They're just they're not choosing to like chase this particular trend. They don't have the guys. Maybe the guys you have just aren't the guys who, who throw this stuff. So how often are those pitches getting thrown by Cubs pitchers? The four-seam fastball at the top of the zone and the slider. Here's a little more from True Blood. We can boil this one down even more because you don't have to look at success rate. Uh, you can just look at how often do the Cubs throw high fastballs, high four-seam fastballs, top of the zone and be, and above, mm-hmm. there's only one team in the major leagues that throws fewer of them this year, the Seattle Mariners. <laughs> and So hold on. They're 29th in terms of percentage of throwing the four-seam fastball. As a, as a collective staff, they're 29th of 30 in terms of throwing one of the two dominant pitches in baseball these days. And that's the relatively good news because they're 30th in slider percentage, and it's by a lot. Wow. That's me with the wow. I left in the wow just so you could hear, you know, my, my, my honest reaction to this. Because the thought process is, is the, the question is, has the game evolved in a way that the Cubs are choosing not to be a part of? Well, that, that's a harsh assessment to make. And if you're going to look deeper into those issues, you have to talk to the brain trust. You have to talk to Theo about it. You've got to talk to the pitching coach, Tommy Hadovy, about it and kind of chase down this story. And that's exactly what Sahadav Sharma did this week in his deep dive. So maybe you read that. If you didn't, you can go ahead and find it if you want. And we're going to discuss it with him at some point in the next half hour before that locker room opens just across the way. So we will delve deeper into that along the way. Also, I told you Jed Hoyer is a closet hippie. We'll get to that at some point. Jim Deshays is going to join us in an hour. At some point, I got to get to this very cool hire, in my opinion, from the Chicago White Sox over this past week. Got to get to that. And a few other things around MLB as three new pitchers debuted for their new teams post-trade deadline, all of them yesterday. We'll cover that, and we'll talk to you at 312-644-6767 right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.